When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Expounded Universe, Season 22, Episode 2, You Killed My Father, Prepare to Fly, the book, Race Squadron by Aaron Alston, the year, 1998, by Aaron Alston. Aaron Alston was your author, and also, it was written by Aaron Alston. Chapters 3 and 4, with your hosts, Aaron Alston. Let's go! Hey everybody, welcome back to Expounded Universe. I'm Aaron Alston, joined as always by my co-host, Aaron Alston. How you doing, Aaron? I'm doing Alston. <laughs> I'm doing Alston. <laughs> Every uh, stun you got. And I'm not feeling too good myself. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, anyway, how are you for reals, though? <laughs> I'm okay doing all right. Yeah. It's an okay day. Cold day. We're in the middle of that flipped weather condition thing where, where it's hot on the East Coast and cold on the West Coast right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My daughter. We're was, the McDLT of a nation. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter was begging me to go to the park today, so I took her, and it was like 49 degrees with heavy wind. I she, was The sitting, moment we got there, she's like, no. I was sitting in the garage here before we record, and I'm like, oh, I'll just mess with some of my uh, magic cards and sleeve some things up. And all of a sudden, it begins to hail against the door for about 20 minutes and then stops and fine, and then nothing. Yeah, if you don't know San Diego, then you, you, don't, know that, you, you don't know that that happens once every 10 years or so. Yeah, we're having a real funky time right now. It's, it's a weird time to be around, yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, good. Glad to hear it. Yeah, it's, it's wild weather. Um, I, wow, wow, weather. <laughs> I, ended wicky, up, wow. I tried to take Stacey to the park. Wow, wow. <laughs> Bees. <laughs> uh, <laughs> tried to take Sage to the park. Ended up dragging her to a store uh, where she wanted to buy one of those blind. Kids love those things now. Those what, they want to buy a blind man. Those, those like things are like a ball. It has like a toy doll in it, but you don't get to know what it is. It's yeah, all, the blind pack. It's all fucking random now. So she, I talked her into the cheapest one I could find, which was some Disney thing. And it turned out that it wasn't a single thing in there. It was like five even smaller things. Yeah. So now I'm like plagued with these tiny toys that I don't even want her to have because she'll just accidentally eat them or something. They're they're so small. They're ridiculous. Yeah, there's I mean, at least when it's like the uh, you get like a little mini figure that's basically like the tiny Funko Pop of whatever. I'm like, all right, I almost understand why you would get that. Yeah, sure. But when it's like, hey, open up this pack and you get like. Four tiny paper things that cost us two cents. I'm like, no, I'm not paying for yeah, that. One of these is straight up insulting. It's like Minnie Mouse's playhouse or, so, or car house or something, but it's just a tiny version of the box the toy would have come in with nothing inside the tiny box. Ah. So I guess what we bought here was like Disney brands, but pretend in very little. And if it's a playhouse or something, you just get a tiny box. Wow. 
I guess someone somewhere wanted to collect this, but I'm going to throw it away. Yep. Or use it to start a fire or something. You couldn't use that to start a fire. It's teeny tiny. But I also got a, uh, I could start a teeny tiny fire. A little teeny tiny. I also got a super tiny spider buggy, like from oh, Spider-Man. Yeah. A little Spider-Man spider and buggy. And a little Spider-Man to go with the spider buggy. I mean, Sage got these things. They're not mine. I mean, not that Sage is ever going to know that you stole them, because you did. She didn't, she'd lost interest in them the moment she opened them. She's like, these are small. I don't like this. Yeah. And I had to give her a fruit leather to kind of <laughs> get over the the, de- the, the the bad time. This is small. Give me fruit by the foot. That's long. <laughs> fruit by the foot. Big, big, big. <laughs> big, big. <laughs> so, uh. So anyway, yeah, that, that's what's up with me. It was a weird day. A weird day a had weird, by all. wild day. Indeed. And uh, now it's time to talk about some Star Wars, if you want. Yeah. Or we might we might want to start by, once again, just for the Star Wars listeners, announcing that we're going to be on the road pretty quick here. Sure. With like, within a couple of days of this episode going out. Basically a week from now yes. when you hear this. Yeah, we'll be in Seattle at the Emerald City Comic Con doing a panel where we will throw... Uh, hot, fresh, signed books at you if you can answer our trivia questions. We're going to hit you with hot pierogies. Uh-huh. <laughs> we, we told them it was not going to be a very popular panel, uh, but they, they our, our publishers made us do it anyway. We're going to throw steaming hot pierogies at everybody in the audience. <laughs> That's right. Individually. We're gonna no have, one's allowed to use their hands. Yep. We're, we're, you're going to line up to get them, and uh, you know, everyone in ten will we'll get shot with the pierogi cannon instead. <laughs> it's a modified t-shirt cannon that shoots steaming hot pierogies. That's right. Uh-huh. Yes, and. And what's inside the pierogies, you're wondering? A book. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. We, uh, we we took potato and wrapped it around so many books. I hope that's what pierogies are. Oh, there's potato on the inside, usually. Oh, is it potato on the inside? Oh, is it pasta with potato or something? Yeah, okay. I had them mixed up with Yeah, it's like thing. a potato dumpling, basically. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And they're delicious. Yeah. They're, they're crazy good, and I can't have any part of any of it. <laughs> I oh, can have no part of this. I think I just found a tiny Princess Jasmine in my pocket as well. Good. I think Good this one's really bad. This is awful. Uh, so, uh, so yeah. So last time we left off the story, uh, Wedge ha- is trying to form a new squadron that instead of being X-Wing pilots with a little bit of commando training, they should be commandos with a little bit of X-Wing training. Yeah, and they're making they're paying very little lip service to that fact, aren't they? It's only like during the interview portion of the discussion where they're like, and he says here you were some sort of uh, badass. Yes, great. Good. Go get an X-Wing. <laughs> great. Our X-Wing training starts tomorrow. The first thing we will want you to do is, of course, pilot X-Wings. <laughs> Like, all right, well, I guess. So we start discussing the many indignities uh, forced upon General, or not really, whatever his rank is, Captain Wedge Antilles. I don't know what he is. He's a a wedge. He's some kind of wedge. Yep. Some kind of wedge of delicious brie. And uh, he didn't get a good office at the Folor base, because there aren't any. Folor is dangerously understaffed and underfunded, and uh, the, the person in charge of the place doesn't like him anyway. So he gets a storeroom with basically college student furniture in it oh yeah he's his desk is just like oh it's a bulkhead sitting on top of two uh little uh drawers Mm -hmm. and his seat is just an ejection seat from an x-wing yeah mounted on a big spring there's a spool in the room that has his boom box (laughs) on it the room came with a scarface poster yeah a bunch of little like concrete blocks that make up the (laughs) entertainment system (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, if Wedge had been a girl, he would have had that one picture from uh, what's the what's the movie I'm thinking of? I have no idea. Mickey Rooney plays an extremely racist Chinese character. Oh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Thank you. Yes, that's the one. That's the starter. That's all I needed to know. Th- that's the starter posters. <laughs> you, you those are one, the two. You get one of those two when you move into a dorm room. <laughs> I suppose we need new ones for uh, for people of of uh, other genders. I guess that's a, that's a whole new market for poster manufacturers to get into. Yeah. Hmm. I, I guess your bisexuals could just have a poster of a chair, like a perfectly normal chair. Never. <laughs> it's that aspirational, like one day, one day, one day I'll, I'll sit on that like a regular that person. Chair. That's the only one I'm willing to do as a joke because because I'm I'm within that group, so you can't yell at me. <laughs> Don't yell at me. <laughs> Can't yell at me. Hey, now. <laughs> I guess you could have a poly one that just says, no, I'm always busy. <laughs> and you just put that on the outside of your door so they know that no one should just ask you if you'd like to hang out. Yeah. You're like, no, I'm always busy. I literally have a date every night this week. Also, I'm super pissed off all the time. <laughs> That's a weird thing. I don't think anyone that you know in a poly relationship is happy then. I know. No one I know well, no one I know has ever been happy as far as I can tell. As far as I am aware, <laughs> yeah. everyone I know is either sad or angry. Most people are mad at me. <laughs> as far as I'm aware, everyone hates me. Yes. <laughs> and they're plotting against me in the dark. <laughs> Filtered through the lens of my perception, most people, on average, hate me. Secretly. Or oh, except publicly. for the people that very vocally hate me. <laughs> That's why I got into public broadcasting. <laughs> That's why I want as many people to look at me as possible so that I know that they hate me. <laughs> I don't need it, but it helps. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, his dorm room sucks. Or sorry, his office sucks. Yeah, it's just a real crap little place. And uh, him and Wes Jansen are about to go through the process of having initial interviews because they, you know, last time it said, all right, we've got all of these people and we're getting all the ones who are either on the verge of washing out or like are in trouble for some reason or whatever's going on with them. I want sort of the last chancers, but ones that would also be good on ground missions. Yes. And luckily the Republic is huge now. So there's a lot of those. You'd think that that'd be a pretty small list of people like the best of the best of the best, but they're loose cannons that are on the edge. I mean, he's not asking for the best of the best. He's like, I just want... Oh, he wants commando training, t- trained X-Wing pilots. No, he's like, I'll train you to do whatever. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I would like it if you had some sort of capability on the ground. Yeah. Well, that that part's mandatory. He needs people who have some level of commando training and at least have flown something in the past. Yeah. Do you have the ability to get behind the wheel of something? Yes. And we can tell that because we have at least one tryout pilot here, a, a Talls pilot. Uh, you'd remember that as the big furry white moth people with no wings, and there's one of them in the in the Mos Eisley Cantina. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has a problem where piloting an X-Wing activates deep-seated anxieties based on his species because they're very, very passive. Yeah, it's, you know, he is willing to fight for what he believes in as far as, oh, I want to help, you know, beforehand defeat the Empire and now protect, protect the Republic. But I also am, to the core of me, a pacifist, and every time I kill someone in an X-Wing, it breaks me a little. Yeah, yeah, this is a neat one to see, because the whole uh, the whole thing where Talls are deeply, deep-seated pacifists has, has been kind of stricken from the record, Yeah, Star Wars-wise. Like, if you watch the cartoon shows, like Clone Wars and, and Bad Batch and stuff, those are fucking spear-wielding badasses. You do not want to come up against the Tals. No, there are... 
very few things in Star Wars that they're like, oh, these people don't fight at all, ever. <laughs> yeah, I think they pretty much stick it to uh, Ithorians, and even then there's some Jedi. Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, but he gets washed out. They tell him, like, look, we, we love you. You're a cool dude, but go back to piloting freighters. You're not... Yeah, we're not going to, like, kick you out of the Republic, but we are going to request you go to, like, civilian transportation. Yeah, yeah, which is fine. Although, uh, when they do that, all I can think is, like, you know, I know Wedge needs to be a hard ass in doing this, but why was that Tal's about to wash out? Probably that well, part of the story. I mean, they had said, because he is biometrically getting absolutely fucked up so they were like oh you can't be in here like yeah. your blood pressure is through the roof which means they, were, they weren't really going to wash him out of the military they were just going to give him a pencil pushing job oh he was i mean honestly it would probably just be like oh you get like four f'd out you're done yeah like you could do or you could put him in an office but why would nice you hu- because why if waste all- the perfectly good towels <laughs> we have towels at home <laughs> That's how you get him addicted to jury juice and on a life of crime, hanging out with a little bat person. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, basically, Jansen wants to do some sass on his new boss. And so he uh, starts out by saying like, hey, yeah, we've got, uh, you know, this is the last of seven days of recruiting pilots that they've been going through. Yeah, we don't get to see the initial ones. We just get the end of... The, okay, who's the last group to show up? But the joke has been that a lot of these pilots have been kind of wacky. Yeah. And so uh, Wes Jansen is serving up some hot sass in the form of, yeah, our next candidate is an Ewok. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, uh, he's a perfectly good pilot. He's turned Yub Nub into a total battle cry, which I'm like, come on, dude, that already was. You don't need to say, you don't need to, uh, to uh, butter that up. That, that shit already means death for stormtroopers. <laughs> Before they even knew stormtroopers existed. Yeah. That's what it meant. <laughs> Just means death to anyone. Uh, but he's like, yeah, uh, I, it's, a, it's a fucking Ewok. You're going to have to deal with it. And he's, he's like, like no, how, how can he even fly the thing? They're tiny. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's got prosthetics that some sympathetic doctor made him. He's droid prosthetics so he can reach the pedals and the steering wheel. And I'm like, okay, well, number one, that makes perfect sense. I know in our various Expanded Expounded Universe episodes, we've already discussed a species that use all use prosthetics all the time so that they can deal with other species. Yeah. Well, I don't remember what it was, but I know we already went through one. I mean, there are a few different Star Wars species. I mean, like the big head Kalumi guys who are like, oh, we oh, yeah. all basically have Modoc chairs that we ride around on. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of the, that one. The one I'm thinking of had super short legs, and so they needed they needed leg longeners. Yeah, yeah. The, no, there are several ones that are like, oh, we just get through you know everyday life with the power of modern technology. Exactly. It's fine. Like for example, if you're a croak, then you probably need a whole like wizard costume. Probably. Yeah, to just to you know interact with other people and tell them you hate them. <laughs> Man, I don't need any of that to tell people I hate them. Hey, Jeff, I hate you. I know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that bears out my suspicions. Oh, what do you know? <laughs> so. so <laughs> anyway, it's not an Ewok. It's it's a human. Yeah. It's boring human. Uh, her name was something Sand Skimmer. And she's. I, I oh, yeah. Her whole deal is she's like, God damn it. I come from Tatooine. And so everyone's like, oh, do you know Luke Skywalker? No, fuck Luke Skywalker. Yeah, plus her name is just like Jen Sandskimmer or something, which means everyone's already asking her if that's like a fucking naming convention on Tatooine. Like, oh, are you all that? <laughs> has everyone got that kind of dumbass, uh, aspirational, I'm going to do rad shit in a vehicle type name? <laughs> yeah. 
I guess it's weird that you want to be a pilot. Shouldn't by your name you be like in the swoop gang or something? <laughs> well, I do want to skim sand, but that's only because I sell sand, and I'd like to sell it at an improper rate. <laughs> I sell low-fat sand, skim <laughs> sand, if you will. Yeah, my uncle, uh, Joey Truck Driver, he delivers it. <laughs> I know it sounds like he's in the mafia, but really he's just from Tatooine. Yo, Joey Truck Nuts, what up? <laughs> That's not aspirational. <laughs> oh, it's pretty aspirational. <laughs> My nuts is trucks. <laughs> I know you were thinking it was the other way around, where I have tiny tr- nuts on my truck, but no, each one of my nuts is an individual truck. <laughs> They're on deliveries. <laughs> I'm not going to go further with <laughs> No more. <laughs> but yeah, she was going to get washed out because she is constantly having to be like, God damn it, I hate Luke Skywalker. And so everyone, of course, is like, that's a hero of the Republic. Pray, maybe don't say that. And she's like, no, fuck you, I don't care. Fuck Luke Skywalker. And, and Wedge is like, oh, Luke's one of my close personal friends, but I have to be extremely <laughs> But impartial. I also don't care if yeah. you don't like him. Who gives a shit? <laughs> I don't need you to like my friend. We're fairly early into the Star, uh, the Star Wars storyline here, I think. Because Warlord Zinj is still kicking around, which means this is around the era of courtship at least which means luke hasn't done a lot of his more serious fuck-ups at this point you got to assume later in the story he'd be like yeah no a lot of us don't really no no it's fine we we get it you mean the 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 dude who just said no you can't punish kip duran because i said no yeah no i'm with you i'm with you (laughs) oh yeah he he took took the galaxy's worst murderer and went nah i get to keep him as a pet and i'm gonna make him an x-wing pilot I'll try to make him more famous than any other X-Wing pilot, especially Wedge Antilles. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, she's she's one of the ones that gets to go through because mostly she's, he's like, oh, well, she's fine. She just, you know, has a chip on her shoulder about the Tatooine thing. Yeah, and she has commando ground experience. Um, they also interview a kleptomaniac who steals Wedge's family photo i want to say that one put an itch in my the back of my they don't say his name or anything it's just a, a dude who's about to get washed out for kleptomania and he steals a picture off wedge's desk but they say he's from the planet eddie four yep and that put a bug in my ear i was like where the fuck why do i know eddie four I, I eventually it came to me uh do you remember that's where the ettons are <laughs> no it's not damn it do you remember in the han solo book we read when he went to that one planet and bought like a shitty weird pet so he could mess with a crime lord <laughs> Remember when he bought a weird animal to make it bite a guy? Yeah, it was called like a dinkle or something, and he bought it from some pet store. All that shit, all that that nightclub and that that gang leader and that pet, that was Eddie Four. Oh, That's that's a reference to it. It took me forever. Okay. (laughs) I would never have gotten that. I got to assume this dude just had a big list of planet names. If you're writing a Star Wars novel, there could probably be nothing more useful than a big list of planet names. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, they of course see Mindonos, the one survivor from Talon Squadron. He's gone full lockdown emotional robot mode. Oh yeah. I mean, they're like, oh, we're going to talk to this guy and see if he should be part of this. And he is so deep in his PTSD. (laughs) Like the fact that they're like, well, I don't know. We'll put him through provisionally. Maybe he'll start acting like himself. I'm like, no, dude, get that guy to therapy. Yeah, just record. he is fucked right now. See if that Ewok's available. Maybe he's real. You don't want this guy does not <laughs> he's deserve. Real. <laughs> you know, maybe if they don't have the prosthetics, just stack him on a Jawa. It'll be fine. <laughs> Everyone will love it. Yeah, but no, Mindono shows up and is just like as terse and emotionless as possible. It's yes. Just like, yes, I would like to do my job. 
Yes, I am here to do flying. I will be on your team. Okay, goodbye. Yeah, heard. Uh, we heard bad things about. Sorry about what happened to you. You can't be blaming yourself. And he just stares forward, and they're like, "All right, you you can you can I, go." All right, <laughs> is that is that it? Yes, sir. Yeah. So the two of them have a brief conversation. They're like, "Well, damn, I've met Mindonos before this, and he was your standard." Well, you yeah, know, Wes is the one that trained yeah. Donos, and he's like, he wouldn't even look at me. Yeah. So he is beyond the pale, and you, you got to exp- assume that they're setting up a storyline for later with him. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But I'm like, there's no way. 100%. If the person who trained you was like, oh, this guy has clearly been fucked up by what happened to him, because no shit would you have just the worst survivor's guilt about this. Yeah. He doesn't need to be on our fun little commando squad. He needs to be in therapy. <laughs> exactly. What are you doing? Star Wars people will go into an underground command X-Wing squad rather than go to therapy. I keep being like, Wedge, dude, I know you're like, oh, all these people are going to wash out if I don't help them. No, the Republic's got a lot of fucking desks. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is you wouldn't wash Mindonos out. You'd just go, oh, we need to give him psych evals and make sure he's okay before we put him back in the field. Yeah, he was a special case. He wasn't part of Wes or Hobie or whoever's job to go find all these washouts. He was like, get me Mindonos as well because that dude survived something crazy. So, so yeah. I also love that he's like, yo, go get me that guy. And also the first thing we're going to run is the thing where he lost everyone. Let's see how that works <laughs> for our PTSD man, where we'll put him in the virtual virtual reality simulator of his greatest failure in life. <laughs> you don't know. He was, he had a pretty rough seventh grade. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Yeah, he accidentally got pantsed in front of his crush in seventh grade. So between that and seeing everyone he's trained with die in front of him while he lived, it's really a toss-up. Well, did I mention he was about to ask her to the big school dance? <laughs> uh, well, we'll never know. <laughs> you want to go to Corelli and Sadie Hawkins? <laughs> my pants! Oh, oh my no. pee-pee's out! <laughs> My huge Corellian donger that we all have. <laughs> but it's so cold. <laughs> the cold winds of Talus blew upon my ta- my phallus that day. <laughs> By the way, he grew up on Talus. Yeah. Uh, and now we get to the best one, Vort Sa-Sebring or whatever his name is. B- Binrings? Vort Sa-Benring? Uh, yeah, Vort Sa-Binring, I think. Yeah, Vort Sa- and Sa-Binring just means from Binring. Uh, Vort Sabinring is a Gamorian. This is another one where Wes is like, uh, the next pilot's a Gamorian. And he's like, yeah, you're not going to get me twice with that joke. Look, we already did that. Come on, man. Don't, don't, don't do that more than once a day. Plus it makes me look super racist when I immediately start laughing just because you said a species name. (laughs) So you got to stop it. Plus he's like, look, we all know just like the towels was washing out. You can't have a Gamorian pilot because... They just chemically have hormonal imbalances that make it so that they can't do this. Yeah, well, especially the males, because females are the, are the are the intelligent part of the Gamorrean society. Males are basically drones. I mean, they're just hyper-violent and incapable of focusing on anything that would require that degree of precision. Just chemically, they can't do it. Yeah, and in walks this fucking wharf motherfucker, uh, Vort, who is, his story is that he's from... The Binring experiments, which they I think happens on the planet Binring or just by the Binring Corporation, where uh, a, an unscrupulous imp- imperial leader 
decided to run a bunch of tests to see if he could make animals useful for the Empire in various ways. But part of the project involved seeing if they could make species that aren't super bright, but are sentient, super bright and dangerous. Well, yeah, because they were like, all right, let's see if we can fuck with animals and make them better. Yeah. All right, let's see if we can fuck with sentience and make them better. And almost... Well, like, got it got one, one out of eight or something like that. Well, they, they had a group that it all worked on. Yes. He's just the only survivor survivor of it because the other Gamorreans all killed themselves rather than be hyper-intelligent. Yes. Because he's like, oh, okay, look, I I don't mind it, but I understand. Like, imagine someone took you and made you live amongst Gamorreans and the only humans you ever met were just primitive monsters. Yeah. So you can't be around anyone that is of your species anymore because you just can't relate to them. I guess you are as alone as you can possibly be. Yeah, and I have to assume he doesn't go into this, but they, they even mentioned that he's a male Gamorrean, and that means he's he's especially less intelligent, but they don't mention after he comes in and is like, yes, I am obviously an honorable person. I am, I am a Klingon. I am a wharf. Uh, they don't be like, so can you talk to the female Gamorreans who are like way more intelligent than male ones? They don't even get into it. Well, even then, way more intelligent than Still, a male Gamorrean is yeah. not exactly the high bar. Yeah, but this dude is is super intelligent, very, very strong. And they're like, so, uh, okay, you're here. You're clearly intelligent. You're able to speak. He's not, technically. Gamorreans can't make the same mouth sounds that humans can, so they can only talk in those squeals and grunts. So he's got a box under his chest. Thank God it's not a droid. Uh, he's got a box under his chest that translates for him. Well, yeah, that was, I assume, because it's surgically in there, I assume yeah. that was just part of the whole experiment that gave him super genius and all that. Yeah, so he squeals and squeaks, but then, like, a louder voice comes out with his mechanically sound, mechanical-sounding voice that talks for him. And they're like, you're about to wash out because it says here you were... Uh, you assaulted of, your a, superior officer. You're accused of striking your superior officer, and he's like... And they're like, so have you gotten a lot of fights? He's like, I've been in several fights that have all been, like... Challenges, challenged fights in a ring or arena with another person because people like to challenge me. But uh, no, I've never actually struck anyone on purpose without a line. And this you can tell that I didn't hit my commanding officer because he made this report supposedly a half hour after I would have struck him. And every human that I have hit has not been awake half an hour later. Yeah. So I'll just go ahead and tell you, he tried to hit me. I blocked it and he considered that assault yeah and they're like so but but you're like so you're a huge badass then he's like yes and i'm also somewhat better at visual acuity than humans my response times are incredible my math skills are off the charts yeah, he's he's a hyper genius yeah the one thing that's gonna kind of suck for this guy is that x-wing cockpits are little oh yeah and he is a gamorian he's a big old burly piggy dude and he has to wear a full uniform he doesn't just get to wear one of them mostly hula skirt loincloths they stuck him in in return of the jedi <laughs> And speaking of Piggy, that is what people call him. <laughs> yeah. When they're like, so should we just call you Vort or Sa Nebring or whatever? And he's like, uh, some, several have called me Piggy. And while I recognize it as an insult, I can ignore the fact that it is an insult because it is not relevant to my circumstances. And of course, for Wedge and Wes, they're like, no, we flew with a dude who had the call sign of Piggy. And that shit ruled. He ruled. And we're going to call you Piggy because it's honoring him you're piggy too 
You're da- you're also piggy, but there's no nothing derogatory about it. Yeah. It's a badge of honor, and I want you to wear that, piggy. Now get out there and snuffle up. <laughs> I detect you are attempting to name me after Jack Porkins. I would like the, you call, for you to call me Vort. <laughs> Never mind. Ew. <laughs> that guy sucked. <laughs> he died trying to microwave a burrito in his X-wing. <laughs> <laughs> Those sparks you see from coming from his control panel was because he put metal in the microwave. Tin foil on that burrito. What a dumbass! <laughs> yeah, they they buried him with honors because uh, it would have embarrassed his family. Oh, <laughs> uh, they buried him with honors, but they should have buried him with Taco Bell, <laughs> which they also buried him with. But it was Del Taco. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> well, Del Taco's all they have in Star Wars times. <laughs> What is this, Demolition Man? Every restaurant is Del Taco. (laughs) No, I mean between the two of them. (laughs) I didn't just mean all restaurants are Del Taco. Most restaurants are Del Taco, and then there's also Menorai. (laughs) That's your option. (laughs) Look, man, either you're getting a burrito Del Grande or whatever the hell they have at Del Taco, or you're getting the fleek eels. Oil-fried fleek eel. Let me let me know what sounds better to you. <laughs> I think I could probably name three or four more Star Wars restaurants, but we don't have time for that. Anyway, Piggy's perfect because they're like, yeah, this dude is a good X-Wing pilot, and he's just a remorseless giant badass, so we can totally work oh, with yeah. him. yeah. He'll be great on ground missions because he's a super awesome Gamorrean that won't get distracted. Normally, the only problem with having a Gamorrean soldier is that he'll just start fighting with your own people. Yeah. But this guy's a super badass physically and mentally, so awesome. Yeah, just a step in the right direction. And finally, we got one more pilot to go through, and that is, originally his name is Kel Tainer. That's right, Kel Tainer, who is also a big dude. I mean, not quite as big as Piggy, but still a very big man. They say he's like two meters tall, which is running up on 6'6". So yeah, he's he's a he's a huge fella. Built like a fucking brick shit house. He mm-hmm. is just wide and tall. And he's the kind of guy that the commander of the full lore base is gonna like because he's like very photogenic. He's a big, handsome fireman looking dude. Oh yeah, he's just like, oh, he's got perfect black hair and piercing blue eyes and a square jaw, and he is every single part of him is just like, oh, this is what you want a picture-perfect guy to be. And not only is he photogenic, but he's good with people. He walks in. He's all warm. He's like... He has the best commando training. He's like, oh, he was a full-ass fucking commander. Yeah. Commando before. Yeah, he was was a scout sniper. Well, no, sorry. He was the demolitions expert. The scout sniper was... uh, Donos. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Um... So 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 uh, we've got a really really solidly trained person. So he comes in. He's all warm. He meets Lu- or sorry, he meets Wedge, and Wedge is like, "Yeah, oh, by the way, let me introduce you to my second in command." And he turns to look at him, and all the color goes out of his face. He's like, "You're Wes Jansen." Yeah, he's like, "Let me introduce you to Lieutenant Jansen." He's like, "Oh fuck, is this Wes Jansen?" All right, uh, permission to be excused. I don't want to be in this anymore. I'm out. Leave me alone. And and uh, he look, turns to him and he's like, what, what are you, what's going on? Who are you? What are you talking about? He's like, I would rather not say. Yeah. Okay, well, that's great. Anyway, you're going to tell me. Yeah, he does say, yeah, fine. You're, you don't have to be in the unit, but you do have to tell me what your name is. And he's like, oh, well, my, it's just that my name wasn't originally Tainer. It was Duran. And uh, it turns out that Duran is a really... Imp- well, no, he's just like, hey, this dude killed my father. This Can guy, I yeah. leave? This guy killed my dad. Can I go? You're right. Sorry. Uh, he's like, Can I- okay, Wes Jansen killed my dad. I'm leaving. And he goes out and waits in the hallway. And this is when Wedge and Wes have a little conversation. He's like, really? And 
Wesley. Well, I mean, that's the next chapter. We do actually we have... the Zinge bit? Yeah. Okay. Because that is between, technically, these various interviews. No, you're right. There is a point where we stop to go with a, uh, to meet up with our our uh, villain for the of the book, Admiral Triggett. Yep. Admiral Aplar Triggett, who is... I've had a nice, fresh Aplar Triggett before. <laughs> mm, delicious. <laughs> Baby, when I'm looking for a low-fat, nice meal at a restaurant, mm-hmm. I'll get the Aplar Triggett. <laughs> It's hard to find in American grocery stores, <laughs> but if you go to your local butcher counter, ask if you've got any Triggett in the back, and mm-hmm. make sure it's Apoir. <laughs> yeah, Apoir Triggett is uh, on the deck of his own Star Destroyer. And, you know, not a super Star Destroyer, because he's not as cool as Zinj is. He works for Zinj in basically like a mercenary capacity. Yes. He isn't like, oh, I'm a hyper-loyalist, and I'm one of Zinj's cronies. He's like... No, I just have a fucking Star Destroyer, but Zinge is powerful enough to supply us with food and gas and supplies and all that shit, so we work for it. There's a reason that we go, when Zinge is uh, referred to as Warlord Zinge, is that unlike most of the rest of the ex-Imperial villains we've come across in the past, like your Hethriers or uh, Isard or, or Dalla or whoever, he does not even pretend rank. He, I think he styles himself an admir- or a great oh, admiral. Oh, he does. Because it says in here, he's like, oh, he's in the full white outfit that you would get for being a Grand Admiral, yeah. even though he never made that rank. But he doesn't pretend to be the Empire. He's a warlord, and he knows he's a warlord. He's paying the Star Destroyers to stay with him yeah, uh, and, and running supplies. He he is not trying to rebuild the Empire. He has no love lost for the Emperor. Most of these other people are, were true fan, fanatics and loyalists. Zinj is not. Yeah, Zinj is out for Zinj. And neither is Triggett, for that matter. Triggett is, is out for Triggett. And this is just a convenient arrangement for him for now. I, I have to assume that's probably the case for a lot of these guys who suddenly found themselves captains of Imperial-class Star Destroyers, which have crews in the tens of thousands. They're basically governors. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're basically in a flying city if you're in a fucking Star Destroyer, even one of the regular ones, let alone one of the super Star Destroyers. You're like, yeah, man, at worst, I'm in a little town. At best, I'm in a fucking, like, metropolitan city. Yeah, so... uh so Triggett is basically sitting on the, on his flight deck. He's got his own uniform he had designed for himself just to really drive home how not Empire all these people are. He's wearing a silver and black outfit. Which, I gotta say, is a good plan on Triggett's part. Because you're like, oh, if I get caught, I don't want to be repping Imperial colors. Because they'll probably be way easier on me as some random mercenary warlord than they would if I was like... Yeehaw, Imperial terrorism. I am Moff Triggett, and I will bring about the birth of the Fifth Emperor or whatever. And they're like, well, and death for you. <laughs> I will. I worship the Palpatriune God. Ah, <laughs> oh, the Palpatron. I made a droid. <laughs> Dude, Palpatron would be awesome. <laughs> okay, so um, where were we? He uh, gets a call. He, gets, he gets a phone call. So he gets up and walks off the bridge, and he thinks about how hot he is a little bit while he's walking he's away. He's like, nice fucking outfit I got. Whoever designed this, good job. My trim little goatee is looking on, uh, looking fly. I got salt and pepper, but I'm working it. It's mostly in the temple, so I look like Reed Richards. <laughs> and, and I'm I'm uh, lean and mean and a fighting machine. I'm a handsome motherfucker, he thinks to himself. I'd fuck me. <laughs> Would you fuck me? <laughs> but yeah, he eventually gets back to... Uh, the back of his office or his own private office rather yeah because he's taken the call from zinge by himself and zinge shows up and 
we've talked about Zinge in the past, although I don't think we've ever actually seen him because he, we only really had him come up in courtship and a couple other episodes where like Han has been assigned to go to the, on the anti Zinge task force. Yeah, I think we may have seen like a hollow picture of him at one point. Zinge and we a- definitely talked about him in the bonus content at patreon.com slash system mastery at the $4 level for the month. You can get access to our bonus content, the expanded, expounded universe, where we go to Wikipedia and look up stories like Warlord Zinge. Mm-hmm. Now i got to be careful about where I put the mid-roll ad for the actual ad so I don't cut our own ad in half. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, $4 gets you all the content, plus all the System Mastery bonus content, plus ad-free versions of all the episodes. That's from us to you for $4. <laughs> it's for free mm-hmm. for $4. <laughs> new special bonus all the stuff i just said uh so when he turns on the little hollow projector thing for warlord zinge zinge is twice as big as he should be because he's doing the whole like palpatine big head image projection and (laughs) trigget to his benefit is just like Oh, let me turn that down a little. He's like, dude, that's going to hurt my neck looking up there. I'm just going to go ahead and... He's a little... Look, you don't get her. Snoke levels of projection, okay? <laughs> I'm going to put you down on a regular guy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch you down to teensy. Let's put you on human-sized. I wanted him to turn him down to the size of one of those little hollows on the Dejaric tables. <laughs> just looking down just at him. Just sits at a table and he's like, eh. Now do eh. circus stuff like you're in the, you're in the uh, holiday special. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so... So yeah, he shrinks him down to human size. Where uh, that said, Zinge is still a huge, imposing fellow. He is a big. He's fat, a big guy. He's a big, fat fella with uh, with a, a hilariously long handlebar that droops down mustache. He uses lots of oils and waxes to give his mustache a big, shiny, uh, roller coastery appearance. <laughs> yes, he has the loop de loops. Yeah, and he basically is calling in not because he's going to yell at him or anything, but to congratulate. Yeah, hey, dude, I heard you blew up Talon Squad. Yeah. Or most of it. Most of Talon Squadron. Did you mean to let one get away? And he's like, no, we tried our best to kill him. That guy was just a really good pilot. But honestly, we think this is going to work in our favor better. They're going to start spreading rumors about how badass some TIE fighter pilots out there are. And we'll take advantage of that. So we'll take it. Yeah. He gets to go back and tell them how there was no way they could have known. Our person who sliced in the information to fake that that planet was safe is already on their way back here, so you don't have to worry about them getting caught. Yeah. Like, this operation went off without a hitch. Yeah, and this is probably, I'm going to say it here, this is probably the nicest, most refreshing uh, conversation between two Imperial-affiliated people I have ever seen. Oh, for sure. And they even bring up, they're like, oh, uh, so the person who fucked up and didn't kill that guy did you do anything to him? And he's like, no, why would I no. do that? Well, also, you probably should have killed that slicer rather than having them brought back to work on your ship, right? Because it would have been faster to just kill her. And now she's in transit and she could get captured in transit. And and Trigget goes like, look, dude, I served under Isard, uh, Esau and Isard. And I don't know if you know her especially well, but she was one of those. You know, <laughs> she the, was one of the, you know, Gepta types. She was an underling remover. Like One of those don't give me bad news types. Yeah, she killed the messenger a lot. And frankly, we can't afford to kill the messenger a lot because the Republic is better at recruiting than us now. I have always hated that. Plus, it doesn't breed good work in your men. If they think the only chances they have are work till they die or get shot till they shot immediately, they don't think about working hard. No, no one is going to be loyal to you if they're like, 
oh, I'm only here until someone murders me, yeah. then what the fuck do they care? And he's like, I run my ship my way now, and my way is this way. And Zinj is like, dude, respect. I get it. I get it. You're absolutely I'm like, what the hell is happening? Yeah, Don't both make of me root like, for these guys. Hey, man, good job. You better give them some health care. And he's like, obviously I do. They all get <laughs> at least two months paid vacation. I don't give them anything. They formed a union. I recognized it. <laughs> I'm part of it. <laughs> and then he's just like, look, okay, but the real reason I'm calling is I wanted to get an update on the class of your, or the uh, status of your Mort class parasite droids. Which we don't get any real information on. We just... This is probably the MacGuffin for this. Yes. The Mort with two R's class parasite. I believe that is the type of parasite that infests Gamorians, but I am not sure. No idea. Yeah. Gamortians. I I, I think so. I'm not, I'm not, I'll look it up right now. You go ahead. But yeah, he's like, all right, we have a few thousand of the Mort class parasite droids. We're getting some signal hits, mostly from big population centers and it also turns out that they aren't like trying to be like, oh, we're seeding the Republic. They're like, oh yeah, they're, we got hits coming from Imperial, New Republic. We got shit coming from independent worlds. Like we just crapped out a cloud of these little fart droids mm-hmm. and sent them wherever to see what would happen. My instincts were on point. The Mort is the the furry little parasite that infests Gamorreans. Great. Maybe that'll ter- uh, turn out to be useful when Piggy recognizes that later in the story. I mean, that or they're Mort class because they're just the size of those things. Could be. But they are parasites as well, so they're called parasite droids. I assume that they stick themselves to machinery. Probably. We don't know what they're doing. So we don't know, like, is this getting on people? Is this getting in machines? They just know that they are getting some signal feedback, and that's about all we get. Yeah. Uh, so basically, he just is like, well, keep me posted anyway. And and Triggett is like, you got it, boss. Bye. And then they hang up cordially and go about both of their days this is weird oh no there is just one final bit where they're like all right great i'll see you later and trigon has to have a moment where he's like oh right yeah i'm working for zinge until i get big like zinge and then he can work for me like i get it yeah he's got aspirations but at least he didn't work them into a veiled threat mid-conversation yeah, at least he wasn't like, yes, Zinge, we shall see who has the upper hand later. And you're like, no, dude, these are two guys who are like, hey, I'm a professional militaries guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you kill your underlings? Why would I do that? That's dumb. <laughs> that means I have to get more underlings. And meanwhile, you don't get Zinge being anyth- saying anything like, I would have killed them. Kill three of your men is a punishment. Yeah, instead he's like, Yeah, totally. That's a fucking waste of resources and manpower. Why would you ever do that? Good on you, my man. You run a tight ship. (laughs) Why is this book making me like the bad guys? Like, bad guys just absolutely broing out here. I'm like, okay, I guess. Just having a nice professional conversation. (laughs) No one's even bragging. Like, like, in this book so far, the biggest problem I've had with it is that Wedge just won't stop bragging and doing braggy things. Because it's time to get back to the conversation with Wes Jansen now. Oh, yes. Because they were like, all right, Kel, you can walk outside. We'll let you know what's going on. Please wait at the next room. And then he turns to Wes and is like, all right, dude, let's hear it. And Wes is like, did I never tell you that my first kill as a pilot was an Alliance other pi- another Alliance pilot? Yeah. And he's like, no, you didn't. What the fuck? What are you talking about? And he spins a whole story. They were on the base. I think it's the base at, uh, at Gavin 4. 
uh, early 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 days of the republic they were trying to hide the ship the the whole base from sensor detection and uh that's when some big ship comes flying comes flying overhead yeah. he was in the yellow aces with jack porkins uh-huh. a bunch of y-wing pilots yep. and their whole thing is they were going to attack an imperial base that's right that's what it was and so they're hiding behind like the curvature of a moon mm-hmm. nearby to hide their presence they can't really do any like communications they have to be full dark because they're right next to the base so anything they do could get picked up yeah they don't want to fuck up the mission and they had heard oh there's gonna be like two squads of tie fighters and that's it and we'll go in we'll blow some shit up we'll get in and out it'll be fine but when they get there there are like several dozen yes plus a huge, not Imperial Star Destroyer level capital ship of some kind. And so the order is sent out among the Yellow Aces to not go flying in, but one pilot does anyway. He takes off, apparently just going full gung-ho without without heed. He's I, I, Maybe he's chasing glory. We don't know. No, but he, he bugs out and leaves because he's afraid. Oh, is it cause he's he afraid? sees the that the TIE escort is twice as large as it should be, mm. and he fucks off. Okay, so he tries to run. Well, you can't run, because if you run, you're going to get detected. Yeah, and if so, you go over the horizon, they'll see you. If you try and make a call, and they can't even call him to go, dude, get back here, you're going to fuck everyone, and we'll all die, because if they send any sort of message over broadband, he'll just be detected anyway. Yeah, so so Porkins and Jansen go out to do whatever they can to try and stop this guy before they pass the horizon line and get detected. Porkins is in in uh, charge of trying to just beat him down by bonking him with his own ship and boxing him in. Yeah, they're like, we're trying to get in his way, try to like guide him towards the ground of the moon. Wave at him, you know. He's that. having fucking none no, of it. He keeps dodging them and flying, and uh, Jansen's like, I did everything I could not to kill this guy. I, oh, yeah. I, I, I tried to shoot him. I, I was hoping to get him with the ion blasters, because Y-Wings have ion cannons, but we couldn't do it because that would send out an electrical pulse that it would show up on the radars of the, of the, uh, the enemy. I had no opportunity. I shot him with the lowest power laser I possibly could, and they were crappy Y-Wings, and it cracked his, his, his uh, canopy. And this is early days of the Republic, which yeah. meant... His flight suit was just cobbled together horseshit, yeah. so he just immediately died. Nothing we could do about it. We had to save a, a bunch of other lives. Yeah, because if we hadn't, the entire mission would have been fucked and we'd all be dead. Yeah. And then Wes is like, or sorry, Wedge is like, well, fuck, dude, because I need this guy. He had, a, he had a really good commando skill set. Like, he is literally the best. He was not only amazing commando skills, but he was like an actual tactical leader. He has great skills as far as like being in charge of people. Mm -hmm. He was my number one draft pick for being the head guy in charge of this squad. Yes. Yeah. And and Jansen's like, well, you could switch me with hobby if you want. Yeah. I mean, like if, if you want him that bad and he's like, I absolutely refuse to, I'll fuck off, man. Yeah. I get it. And he's like, no, I want you too. So you better hope that you could, you two can work together. He's like, yeah, I really don't want to work with a dude who has dedicated his life to hating me for killing his dad and is a demolition expert. Yeah. Oh boy. I killed his dad. He hates me and he knows how to make bombs. What a great idea, Wedge. Yeah. Although granted, I don't think th- there's never been an indication that this dude hates Wes Jansen to the point of wanting to kill him. He doesn't even be like, hey, I would love to stay in this outfit. Also, where do I make bombs in this base? Instead, he's like, I want out. Let me go. I don't want to be here. Well, yeah, because he's like, look, this guy's an honorable man. He's not going to do anything. Yeah. It's fine. Let's bring him in. We'll talk to him about it. 
And so they try. They bring Kel Duran back in, and they're like, hey, look, we need you on the squad. Uh, I, I don't. I, I need to find a way to get you through this so that you can work with Wes Jansen to stay on the squad. He's like, look, dude, you seem good. Are you an honorable man? Yes, sir. Do you think Wes Jansen is an honorable man? Yes, sir. Great. You took a fucking oath to the New Republic. Get over your ass, because I understand that you're really trying to do this and if you don't, you'll go back to the commandos. And he's like, I fucking loved being in the commandos, sir. And he's like, yeah, but that won't that won't clear your father's name, will it? Yeah, that's no, one, got- <laughs> no one will clear the name of your family being cowards and shitty pilots, will it? And this almost breaks him. Yeah, he's like, how fucking dare you? Oh, shit, man. Yeah, and uh, Wedge is like, I'm daring because I fucking have to. I need guys like you on my squad, and I know you can get past this and do the goddamn job. Yeah, look, if you can't, great. Fuck it, I'll wash you out, but I need you, so until you give me an absolute reason to do this, you're in. The one thing I'm missing here, maybe it was mentioned in the book and maybe it wasn't, is why this dude was about to wash out, because he sounds otherwise pretty much perfect. So the the only thing he had in there was he wasn't going to wash out of, like, the army. He would just stay in the commandos. He wasn't going to be in the pilot program because he had basically crash-landed oh, two right. uh, of his uh, fighters just... He's always been great in simulations, but they were like, oh, yeah, he had two times where he tried to land and either the landing gear fucked up or something happened. And he basically like skidded to a halt. Not like obviously he's okay. It's not like he crashed full speed into anything. Yeah. But there you go. That's enough. Enough damage to property. And and they've uh, packed his bus tickets for him. Yeah. They're like, he's just going to stay on the ground. They just don't want him to be in the air. Yeah. So he's like. You know, once the dude gets super mad at Wedge, Wedge is like, hey, attention. And he has like this three second beat before he's like, yes, sir. Great. Get over it. You're on my squad. Training starts tomorrow morning. (laughs) Dismissed. Yeah. And then we go right to training. Yeah, he's right up in the... Uh... He becomes our view- our viewpoint character. But before that, we do have a little moment where, like I was saying, the reason I've, I've been so happy reading about Triggett and, and Zinge is because we have this part after this where Jansen has to be like, God damn, that was cold, sir. And he's like, yeah, sometimes when you're an X-Wing pilot, you need to have ice-cold space lubricant instead of blood. When you fly through the vacuum of space, you gotta have cold blood. I'm like, get fucked get over yourself i've seen wedge in the movies and in his, the other books he's always like a soft-spoken calm dude yeah he's not he's not giving himself little blowjobs every 10 minutes about how good of a pilot he is <laughs> and even in the other books where wedge has shown up he's like hi i'm friendly and nice yeah. how's it going i like my job the thing about wedge that you love is that he's the dude besides luke uh, i'm sorry he is the only dude who blew up two death stars yeah he was at both death star blow-ups Working hard at both of them. Or hardly working. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. He might just be that good of a pilot. But, I mean, he was the uh, the X-Wing that flew into Death Star 2 and flew back out with the with the Falcon. No one else got out. Um, and yet he's always just this unassuming, soft-spoken dude who just likes to fly, fly X-Wings. He's like, I love my job. I, lo- I love doing what I do. Yeah. You never get this part, this bit where he's like a big damn hero or he's super brash or anything. No, that bit where he's like, oh, you gotta have ice lubricant in your veins i'm like no shut up <laughs> just be like oh, i just really like this guy and i want him on the team we need him that's uh, we need him would have been good enough yeah <laughs> i don't need to hear about your ice lubricants <laughs> give me the ice lube <laughs> 
new dentine ice lubricants. Ugh. It's going to really tingle. <laughs> I mean, your mouth is going to feel pretty fucked. You're going to hate this. <laughs> Oh, your teeth are not going to feel okay. You ever accidentally get icy hot on your balls? It's like that. (laughs) In your mouth. (laughs) And your balls. In your balls. In your mouth. (laughs) We'll leave a film guaranteed. (laughs) So, so yeah, now Cal becomes our our, uh, viewpoint character as he is hopping into an X-Wing simulator. And these are super high-tech simulators. Because he's like... It is real easy to get lost in the moment of one of these because, you know, it's full 360 degree. You've got all the same control panels as you would in the X-Wing. They use gravity adjusting to make it feel like you're actually moving around in your seat with zero G. Oh, yeah. He's like, when you get into space, it feels like you're in fucking space. Like, this is very good simulation. Yeah. So once he gets in, he realizes he's the last one to hop in out of four pilots. And he has a moment where he's like, shit, I should have gotten here sooner so I could do whatever they were doing and butter up a little bit or at least practice or something. And so he goes through his call signs and he doesn't know a single other one of the pilots. Yeah. No one's really had a chance to meet. And they're going by their call signs and not their names. So, you know, he, he hears, you know, gold, his gold squadron, gold two, he's gold one. He's, he's going to be the leader. Gold two checking in, coming from someone who clearly sounds like some kind of alien. Yep. Some weird guy who's like, oh, okay, this Basic is not this person's first language. I can tell. Then he gets Gold 3 coming in, obvious robot voice, and that's the only one he recognizes. He's like, oh, yeah, that's that Gamorrean. He's like, oh, that is clearly Piggy because it's the only one that has some squeals in the background of a robot talking. (laughs) So I know who that is. Yeah, wait until you find out that the last pilot they recruited was C-3PO with a bunch of baby (laughs) pigs taped to him. Yo, I'm Squeal's robot dick, and I'm here to join the X-Wings. I'm a robot covered in tiny pigs. (laughs) I come from Tatooine. Squeal's Robo Dick, they call me. <laughs> and then the fourth voice is a lady, and he's like, Well, I do know that there's lots of female X Wing pilots, but I don't remember any of the ones that are on this squad. It's like, I haven't talked to him enough to know by voice who that is. Yeah, so so he has no idea. He just knows that Piggy is there, and he's got nothing else. And his wingman is number two, the weird alien voice. Yeah. And their base parameter for the mission is they're like, Okay. You're going to come out of uh, a launch thing on a planet. You're going to go up. You're going to meet some uh, incoming TIE fighters that are coming in. You're going to fight some squadrons, whatever. Uh, You have to make sure that these TIE fighters don't get to the planet because you're covering essentially like a Hoth. We want our transports to leave so you have to cover them leaving yeah you have to cover the holes that they're going to fly out of later that's your job cover these holes (laughs) i need you to get in those gaping holes and (laughs) cover them up yep uh and then right as they're about to launch he's like oh by the way mission parameter 13018 or something like that yeah he's like uh training parameter 1387 go Uh, yeah and uh for whatever reason kel does not know what that is it kind of sparks a memory in the back of his head but he does not know what it is yeah and And as soon as he's like does anyone know what the fuck that is but then Right when he launches, they are under attack. Yes. They get blindsided from a, basically t- uh, T-boned by a bunch of TIE fighters that were waiting by their exit tube. Yeah, there are already TIE bombers, like, planet side when they get out of the launch bay, mm-hmm. and he manages to just murder one before he's even in attack position. He just, like, wildly fires lasers as these 
TIE fighters almost slam into him. Yeah, he snaps around to try and fly with the TIE fighters so he's, he can, he can uh, basically match speed with them and, and eventually pick a target. But as he's doing so, he just pulls the trigger to see if anything happens. And his S-foils aren't even deployed yet. Uh, but as he gets into the turn he wants, he feels the heat of an explosion behind him. Really good simulators. And then a little computer voice is like, one kill, two gold, one. He's like, shut up, shut up. No, no, I don't want that. No, whatever's happening on has totally fucked us. That We've been lied to about the parameters of this. Yeah, this is not the mission. We are fucked. And so he immediately calls out. He's like, all right, what's going on? We've got bombers. Uh, gold two, you're on my wing. You're my man. Gold three and four, I need you to check on the fields where the transports are coming from mm-hmm. and to make sure they're still okay. We're going to go up into space and see what the fuck is happening. And Gold 2's response half the time is like, yes, sir. And the other half of the time is for him to do a ululating war cry and just do whatever the fuck he wants. Well, yeah, once they get into space, he just loses his shit. Because at first he's like, all right, and he falls in, he's a regular wingman. But when they get up there, they're like, oh, we were expecting like one group of six TIE fighters or some shit. And it's like three dozen. Yeah, there's like 35 TIE fighters out there. And uh, the other, Gold 2 is like, does some kind of wob 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 thing that's specific to his alien species and flies off to fight them. And this is after gold one is like, all right, well this is fucked gold Two, follow me. We're going back. The mission is screwed. And he just doesn't pay attention. Yes. Gold three and four have already confirmed that. Oh geez, there's no launch tubes left. This is over. Oh yeah. They've already bombed fucking everything and they're fighting the bombers down there. Yes. But they're like, yeah, it looks like everything's fucked down here. So three and four turned out to be excellent pilots, whoever that that, that lady is, and uh, and, and, Piggy, and Piggy. Piggy are just cleaning house and doing an excellent work. And uh, once he gets his S-foils in attack position, so is Kel Trainer. He's taking out uh, people left and right. But when he, he's trying to follow his own wingman, who he's supposed to be in front of, as he just flies off hell-bent on trying to kill a bunch of TIE fighters. Yeah, because he's like, no, we need to go back, and fucking Gold 2 takes off. So he's like fine, instead of just letting you go on a suicide run, I will drop into your wing position and try to keep your dumbass alive, and he does a really good job of it. Yeah, he takes out, like, three of the TIE fighters, because there's four of them bearing down on his on his wingman, but it's not fast enough, he gets three of them, and then, and then his co-pilot is killed, essentially, you know, simulation killed, and he's thinking to himself, God damn it, now he's getting out of his dumb sim- simulator, but it's hard not to think of all this as real. Three and four on me, we're going to we're gonna hyperdrive to a safe distance and re- reconvene. Yeah, we're, we can't do anything here. We're already outnumbered, and the thing we were supposed to be doing is done. So we're going to jump somewhere, send out a message, and then we'll figure it out from there. Yeah. And he was like, normally... I would assume at this point we would be done. He's like, oh yeah, by the time we figure out that the mission is fucked, they take care of the bombers and we're just sort of done. You'd think, okay, simulation shuts down. That was the point of it. Instead, but it they, just keeps going. Instead, they wait until he they, they hyperdrive away. And then when the hyperdrive lines come down, so does the black of, of the simulator being turned off. Yeah. Now they all hop out. They get to introduce themselves to each other. Uh, oh, how I hate Gold 2. Oh, you're going to love him. Oh, how them. I hate him so You're much. Love them. Remember that, that, that this is. Oh, char- yes. This is a character that uses they, them pronouns. They're a collective. Yes. I don't remember. Was the girl, was it, was it uh, Sandskimmer? I don't know that it says. Uh, yeah. But uh, three, sure enough, is Piggy. And he has just enough time to be like, hey, I'm, you know, let's all get to know each other real quick before Jansen comes in and starts dressing them all down. Uh, but 
Gold 2 introduces themselves as Hohas Equesh. We've talked about I'm this. I'm a Hohas Equesh. Hohas Equesh is effectively a horseman, a horse thing. Yeah. And he comes out and he's like, we are Hohas Equesh. And for some reason, I guess because Kel's just mad at him in general, he's like, oh, for Christ's sake, are you using the royal we? He's like, no, we're a collective. Yeah, which they are. They have some kind of collective brain structure. So, great. But he's, like, grumpy about it. And that's when Jansen gets in and is like, okay, let's uh, let's talk about what just happened. All right, let's uh, let's see. Uh, we got some kills here, and uh, you get some points for that. And, of course, uh, Gold 3, you get points for double-checking Tainer's hyperspace calculations. I triple-checked. I also did the numbers in my head, which is like... And Tainer's like, oh, great. Well, hey, were they good enough for you? And he's they, like, eh, they were sloppy, but it worked. I mean, he was like, they are inelegant, but correct. And I'm like, what are elegant? Come on, man. You don't need to do that. But, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, he, he gets a whole rundown where he actually is very complimentary of Tainer. He's like, God damn, boy, you got you He's got damn near perfect. Five kills right away. You're an instant ace. You got you to gotta kill without even being in attack position. And then you had the right call to jump out to safe distance and, and uh, you know, radio for further instructions. Overall, you did really well. <laughs> Gold two, you were a dumb asshole. You're- you scored no kills, disobeyed orders twice, and died like a bitch. <laughs> anyway, you get 2,400 points. Gold three, you get 2,300 points. Gold four, you get 2,600 points. Gold zero, or gold one, zero points. And he's like, uh, I think you got that backwards. And he's like, you're right, I do. I- and now for the dumb twist. Now, who can tell me what special parameter 1387 or whatever is? And that's when three pipes up and is like, Ah, it is a parameter where you're supposed to ki- make sure your wingman does well, and therefore your score is swapped with that of your wingman. Yeah, you get your wingman score, and he gets yours. That's what the parameter is. And he's like, that sucks ass. It's not, not only does it suck ass, it sucks ass as a training regimen, because that means that someone could choose to tank you for fun. Yes. It does not make a good... Uh, a lo- he's like, does that go to my permanent record that I got a zero on this? And they're like, yeah. And he's like... What if what if this guy was like a mole for the Empire or some shit? And he just wanted to stop me from being a pilot. All he has to do is just turn and fly into a mountain, and I can't get any points. Yeah. Ugh, it's so bad. Yeah. I know that they're like, ooh, it's supposed to be like, we're going to make it so that you want to do good, and you want to make sure they do good, so that way you support them, because if you support them, they'll get a better score, which means you get a better score. And I'm like, no, he no, it doesn't. Support him. He supported him to the best of his ability. Supported them to the best of his ability. That's the problem is I'm like, he spent that entire time being like, hey, get back over here. I'm trying to do this. He fucked up. And then I also spent two engagements of TIE fighters covering their dumb ass. And when he was going to die, spent missiles just to make it not even to like kill off TIE fighters. He's like, oh, they're way outside range. I'm just making it so they have to break off from killing him. Yeah. And it still didn't matter. And he got his dumb ass killed. So. They get all of my points for being the worst. Yeah. And Jansen's like, yup, okay, see you tomorrow, everybody. Remember, Welcome to Goof Squadron. Don't tell anyone what the mission parameters were or anything. We where, want it to be a dumb surprise. Where the games are all made up and the points do matter. <laughs> Everything's stupid and it matters intensely. <laughs> We'll see you tomorrow for, I don't know, Double Dare. Yeah, for tomorrow's flight, you're going to have to sing while Wayne Brady flies the X-Wing. <laughs> that's uh, insane. We, that, we're, we're, he's going to die. Well, <laughs> that's on you. Zero points. <laughs> uh, 
so uh, anyway, we're done. That's the episode. That that yep, was the that's two what chapters. Uh huh. So hey, uh, we already did the plug. So you know, stop on by uh, the Patreon and support us at the four dollar level to unlock the bonus content that that those among you who are at the four dollar level are about to receive. Uh, and for those at the about $4 to level, rock, we, we salute, salute you. you. Yeah, and uh, otherwise, hey, we'll see you at uh, Emerald City Comic Con or other cons that we're C2 going to E2. throughout Gen Con throughout the year. We're going to be at all kinds of stuff. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and until next time, I've been Elan Slees Bagano. And I love getting all that guy's points. <laughs> The history of role-playing games is weird and wild, and we here at System Mastery are determined to look through it all. Every heartbreaker that drove a man to bankruptcy to see his vision of D&D with really specific armor maintenance rules come to fruition. Every game where you get increasingly certain as you read it that this is all just one person's weird fetish. Every system that painstakingly recreates how medieval life was really like, and then also you can cast Fireball. The System Mastery podcast wallows in the filth of RPG history. Come. Join us in the muck at System Mastery.